So, hey guys, so we had a fun time last week, really, um, and I'm glad Jen's in here this week, she was teaching Children's Church, but we had a fun time because last week's sermon was on both of our hearts as we pray for the church and, and we lead this together because we're a team where the Bible says when two are joined together, they're one, and so um, we work together as one. Uh, we have different roles, but we are definitely of one heart and mind, and so we thought, man, this is a perfect time uh, in the year to just go, hey, let's lay it out and say, hey, guys, this is what our church is going to be like. If, if you like it, if you don't like it, still good, and there's other great places for you, you know? And so we thought, let's lay that out, and we didn't get to quite finish uh, last week. So I am going to finish up, what, because we had some notes, and I still wanted some for, for those people to have um, uh, the rest of those notes, just to kind of know what our vision and our mission is, how we think and operate here, and how we're going to continue to do so, and where our focus is going to be at. So um, with picking that up, and then I, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. And then say, no, really, you get, get ready. Are you ready? Ask him, are you ready? Because, uh, yeah, we, we got a, um, the Lord dropped something in my heart last week, um, for our church, and I, I made the serious mistake of asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to our church? <laughs> and I, I, I think this, and I'm, I'm not just trying to hype this up, I, I really think that if you can catch the heartbeat of what I'm saying today, this is going to unlock a new uh, uh, avenue, a new facet in your spiritual walk your spiritual destiny, your, your fulfillment of God's calling in your life. This is going to take you to a new place if you'll let it. It's, it's, it's totally up to you, but I, I believe that today when we get into the last part where God's made, is telling me I'm having to open up my personal journal because you were involved in it, I have to open that up to you and I'm going to do that at the end here. But uh, I want you to know that if, if you're ready and if you really want to stop playing uh, the, 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 the pretend uh, Christianese, um, you know, just check the box, status quo, um, live my life, do what I want to do, or if you want to get, uh, get into radical discipleship and radical fulfillment of the Spirit of God living and breathing and operating in you, if you really want that, uh, today we're going to get into a, a, a huge key to unlock that door. And if you will open your heart up to this, because it's, it's an intense word. It was an intense to me, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but it's going to feel intense. But you know what the cool part of this was? It was intense love. And sometimes we always want to attach good goosebumps and fun, frolicky, jumping in the grass feelings to the word love. But with God, that's very true, but it's also well-balanced and true on the other half of that, where sometimes his fierce love comes in and it makes you tremble. And it makes you, part of it being the awesome fear of God, because you think, oh my gosh, God himself is talking to me right now, and he's, oh, and he wants to talk to you every day, and he wants to be intricately involved in your life. And so we think of his love only being a certain way, based on how we were raised and taught and all that in our life, but there is a part of God that is, can be super, I'm going to use the word scary, but it's not a good word, but scary, but at the same time, you know you're completely, absolutely loved by him. And that is the fear of the Lord. Like, he's awesome. He, if you watch the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, he's like an untamed lion. He's a, a, a lion, he, and he is wild, He's not tamed, amen? So it's a, a, a great thing. So we'll get there. So let's finish up. And in your notes, we talked, we left off on our mission, which is how we kind of construct and the, the three buckets we kind of put how we think in. And so at this church, the rivers um, uh, now and going forward, our purposes are threefold. And we said this last week, but I want to get this ingrained in your heart so you know exactly where we're at, that the first uh, bullet point there is discovering God right? We said our first heartbeat is going to be about discovering who God is. This is going to be about discovering him as a brand new Christian, but also throughout your Christian walk, you will discover new facets and avenues of God that you didn't know when you were a younger Christian. 
excuse me, as you grow, you're going to grow into new things of God that you did not know. So you have to be open to that. You have to be opening to the fact that you have not discovered all of God. And we know that up here, right? No, of course not. He's God. How could we? But I think sometimes in our, in our, our, our practical application in life, we kind of think we got God figured out. And we really don't. And so part of this church, I'm going to continue to coach and help you and encourage you to stay open to change. We're not going to get comfortable in discovering God as an ever-changing, growing relationship with him that he's, you're discovering new uh, facets about him. And you know what? It will never end. We're going to spend eternity discovering God and his greatness and his grandeur, amen? I mean, we keep thinking God's going to run out of ways to provide for us financially. Is that true? We keep thinking, how can God come up with another way? I mean, he's just random ways he's thinking of stuff, and it's just crazy, and, and now we're almost excited every month. Like, oh yeah, what's God going to do this month? This is crazy. It's awesome. But it's discovering God, and that's part of one bucket that we're going to have that's going to be about the rivers, is that we are all about whatever we do, it's got to fit into that one thing of discovering. Is, is this activity, is this whatever we're doing, is this helping people discover more of God? If it is, let's do it. If it's not, let's do something else. Okay? So the second thing we're going to do is empower people. So we're discovering who God is, then we're empowering people to find out who they are in Christ, to find out their giftings, to find out um, uh, their, their empowerment by the Holy Spirit to work out what he wants in their life, to start discovering who they are, to start learning the authority and the power that they have through the rebirth and the, de the, um, the, the, the surrender to Christ, that whole action of giving your heart over to God, that's an empowering moment. That's an empowering season in your life when you discover who you really are and how you can exercise that in the world and in your situations in life. And so we are going to be a church that is about equipping too is the same similar word, equipping, empowering people to be all that they can be. And then the third one is fulfilling destinies. We want to be a church that is about getting people to walk out and fulfill what God has put in them to be. Every person, and you've heard me say this again, every person in here has a special, unique gifting that this body needs, amen? We're not just a hand walking around or a foot. We're a complete body, and we need everybody's gift. That means some people in here and that aren't here that are, will be here later will need to complete one of those tasks, and if they hold back, they make our body weaker. They make our body not as effective. If you're not walking and pursuing your destiny in Christ, you are making our body not as effective as it can be, right? I mean, football, you have a football line. If you have one guy that decides not to do his job, that's bad news, right? You need everyone in every position working their job so that you can be a full-functioning, unified team with a common goal and purpose, right? We want to score a touchdown in football, but you and me want to get the world saved so that they can be in our family and then we can rejoice with them for eternity. So that's our goal. We need everybody doing their part to, to do that. So our mission is that if it doesn't fit in one of those three buckets, we're not going to do it. For example, the Beta Satan book, really dealing with offenses, learning how to be a person who forgives. That's really what the book's going to be about. Really learning to not take up an offense for another not, uh, not getting mad when people um, come against you and say things about you, but being a releasing person, saying, no, I'm not, I'm not going to hold on to that. I'm gonna give that to God. That's God's business. And so this book fits in one of these buckets. Actually, quite a few of them, maybe all three of them in a sense. So whatever activity we do, whatever, whatever group we start, whatever prayer night, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be fulfilling one of these three buckets. Does that make sense? So that's what we're going to kind of be about, and, and we're going to be asking you guys to be working with us and praying with us because there's many of you that need to start different ministries and such in the church and around in the body, home groups, small groups, all that kind of stuff that are going to be uh, uh, helping fill these um, mission statements so that we can carry the gospel out. Okay, so then on your bottom of your, your uh, page there, you see our approach to ministry. This is just a simple snapshot to give you a vision or picture of how we look at it in a, uh, on paper and kind of how we see uh, uh, the approach. So the R stands for reaching. We've talked about this before. If you've been to our, um, our, our uh, Meet the Dossies, you've heard this, but really quickly we're going to review this. So the reach is in the right-hand corner. Then we have win in the bottom right quadrant. We have build in the left bottom, and then send in the top. 
So basically, each category, we are wanting to um, reach a different group of people. Um, in the upper right, the dark shaded half of the circle is the people that don't know Jesus yet, right? They, they are unsaved, don't know Christ, have not come into relationship. The left half is the white people that have been saved. They've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. They're discovering who they are, and they're fulfilling their destiny. So uh, in the dark quadrant, in the, in the upper right, reaching, the, the upper right is off campus, so this is the area that the Rivers Church is going to do all that we can to reach the unsaved people in our community and not on campus here, not in a church service, but outside of that. Well, what does that look like, Kelly? It's just like going out to the mission and giving them dinner. Exactly. So that's one small way. Are we doing all? No, we got a lot more areas we're going to be reaching out, but one area we are and that we can all participate in is we support the mission and we go... Once every other month or, yeah, not, yeah, six times a year, we go feed them dinner, we preach a message, we get worship, we love on them and pray for them. And that's something that we can all do. And that's part of our bucket of reaching the unsaved off of our campus. Because we don't want to be about, the church is not this building, the church, we are the church. And so we need to be the church wherever we're at. And so that means this reaching may go into your workplaces when you start a, a lunch you're going to read a book or something or pray or whatever you want to do, whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do in your circles and of influence off campus, we want to support, help, and, and be in that with you. Bottom right is still unsaved, but we're winning people, and this is about getting them from the off campus to on campus. So we want to do things in our church that promote people knowing God, whether it's the Soul Sisters and you bring a girlfriend to that and they hear a testimony and they get saved. Boom. Perfect example. You bring someone to friend day next week, and they, they're eating a delicious burrito, and they see Mike eating a burrito, and they're kind of they're worried because he's really focused on the burrito. And, you know, and, but, they, but they talk to Mike, and they say, and then Mike says, you know what? There's only one thing I like better than a burrito, and it's Jesus Christ. You want to know him? And then Mike leads this person to Jesus, you know, right? So stuff's going to happen where we're going to win people to Christ, but we're going to bring them to church so that they can have that opportunity. They can have the opportunity at the mission off campus, and they're going to have opportunities here as much as we could possibly do as a team. And so then at the 6 o'clock hour mark where it goes into the building, that's the altar call, the decision time making where they accept Christ in their life, they make the decision to follow Jesus, and now they become, they become translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of our dear son, Jesus Christ, the light. So they come in there. So then we start a process of building. So what do you guys think would be in the building section? What kind of things would we do that would be in the building section? Discovering spiritual gifts. Yeah, totally. What else? Discipleship. Yeah, that's a broad... Statement that covers almost all of it. Yeah, discipling people. Bible studies. Sunday schools. Even a new building. Yeah, get, getting, people, um, getting people into classes that help them get free from, because we're going to have a lot of people that have been in darkness for years. And they're going to come in here and they're going to need someone to help them with the past drug addictions issues they've had, the sexual issues they've had, whatever they've coming out of, we're, we've all been there and are there, coming out of that, getting sanctified in the Lord, right? We're all in that process and that journey, but these people, when they get saved, are fresh in there, and we need to have a hospital team ready to go, hey, let me help you with this. Let's work on this wound and get this fixed, and here's some spiritual weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Let me help you with the weapons of warfare to help us get this to where you're a healthy whole person. And so the building part is the whole, like Chris said, the whole discipleship process happens there. Making disciples, making people ready to die, getting people to the point where death does not scare them anymore. They are martyrs, like it talks about in the book of Acts. They're ready to give their life for Christ because we're all called to die. Not just die in the body, but we're called to die, right? Spiritually give it all up to Christ. Say, God, it's all you, none of, none of me, all of you. And then the sending part is um, where it gets even uh, funner, right? We get to send people out. So this is a new person coming in. 
being built up and discipled and then discovering their gifts, and now we're sending them out. We could send them out in a mission field here in the church. They could start being an usher or a teacher in a class or teacher in kids' class or the youth group ministry or whatever ministries we have going on. We could also send them out to the mission field. We could send them out to another church like uh, Ken and Diana right now, uh, in a sense, being sent out. They've chosen to go up to Orville and help that church. They feel called by God, and so they're being sent out to go do that and that's a calling, and that's a sending forth from a body. We want to send out mission. We're going to do missions trips. We're going to send people. I, I believe there's going to be people in here that will be called to the mission field, that will get saved in here and then called to the mission field. So it's about sending and sending people back out. So we go back in the hour clock to the 12 noon into the 1 o'clock, and so we're sending back people out in the world to reach the lost. Are you with me? And so this cycle goes through and through. And so that's our approach to ministry. And we wanted you to see that so you would know how we're thinking and why we're doing the things we're doing. Uh, why are we doing a friend day next week? We're, we're doing a friend day so that you guys can be encouraged and to bring a friend. And then on that day, we're going to have something different than normal and some food. We're going to have a message that's going to be connected into always giving a salvation opportunity. We're going to be bringing our uh, friends and growing the church because shouldn't we be doing that anyway? I mean, a friend day should be every week, but, you know, but it's kind of fun to do this and, and have a special event that will draw people in. Jesus said we are fishers of men, right? So we're to be fishermen, and fishermen put lures on lines and little sparkly things <laughs> to help draw people to there, right? You know, we can't just expect people to just sit here and they'll walk in the door. No, we got to go invite, pray for uh, talk to people, reason with people, help them be there. I mean, my wife works at a, a, at a secular school, and, and, and she's, you know, there's the limitation on how much she can talk about Jesus there, but she can be a light, and she's a light. And so the people that have been seeing her light are going to come to her and have come to her and will come to her and say, hey, why, how do you handle all this? Why are you so calm? Why are, why are you this? Why are you that? And so she'll be able to preach the gospel through that by being a light in her life. And so we want to encourage you, that's why we're doing things like Friend Day, why we're going to be doing other things, um, you know, Bible studies and such. So, Okay, so I missed two things last week that I want to talk about, and I called them hot topics. Because we want you to know before you decide to either make this your church or stay at the church, and this is something that I'll say to you today, but something we'd also say on like a dinner with the Dossies where they, people could ask questions to know really what we're about because no one wants to click that little agree button on the terms and conditions, right? You, you click it, but you never read it. Remember, we talked about that last week, but we, we want you to understand before you click because if you're in this church and God has not assigned you here, you're going to hold back this church from being and going where it wants to be. So everyone needs to, in their private personal time with God, be praying and asking Holy Spirit, hey, are, am I supposed to be assigned at the river? Is this where you want me, God? And if God says, yeah, that's where I want you, then yeah, you get on board and, and stay in it and be with us, be a family. If it's, he says, no, it's time to move on, then you've got to obey him and do that. And there's great churches in town, um, out of town, in Marysville. There's great churches to attend. So this isn't the only place Jesus is. You know, I know sometimes you think, oh, where are they? no, there's great churches. And God and his, by his spirit is in each one of them. And so we want you to feel comfortable with that. So we want to talk about what we're going to be like. We talked about um, how our services might be last week. We talked about this. we're a Pentecostal church, right? We're Foursquare. Remember Dale, she knew the whole flag, right? Remember, she remembered the Foursquare flag, which isn't, you know, we're not, I'm not like a Foursquare only type person because I don't really care about denominations, but uh, this is a really good one in my opinion. And so um, their, their, their uh, premise that Amy Simple McPherson started when she started the church um, was about people getting out of wheelchairs, people leaving their crutches. She was doing crazy sermons. She rode a Harley onto the stage at one point. She, she I saw that hand, yeah. Um, I think she even brought an elephant in. She brought animals. And she's just done crazy, awesome sermons to help the lost. People were getting saved. And if you study her life and the time she did this was crazy because a woman pastor was not a thing back then, and she did it anyway, and God anointed her. So the four-square flag was Jesus the Savior, Jesus the King, right? Soon-coming King, um, the healer and baptizer. 
So I thought, well, you know, we better lay it out there that this is a Pentecostal church. We do, and you know me, if you've been around me, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think it's, I know it's for everyone. The Bible declares it. And I've seen people and pray for many that have gotten filled with the Holy Spirit. You can too. And praying in tongues is for everybody, not just a select few. It's for all of you. You might, it may take you a little longer to get it like it took me because I was trying to figure it out all in my head. And the Bible says, your mind is unfruitful when you pray in the Spirit. And I couldn't calculate that because I was too much, uh, what is that, left brain? Yeah, right's creative, left's analytical, right? Yeah, so I was too left brain, and so God had to even that out. So that was stuff we talked about last week. Well, our hot topics I wanted to talk about this week, before we get into two of them, is um, number one there in your fill-ins. Our battle is, you've probably already filled it in, is not against... Flesh and blood, Ephesians 6, 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So our battle church is not against people ever. So when we talk about these hot topics, our natural tendency is to go right to people that we know and think, oh my gosh, they're the issue. No, they're not. It's a it's the kingdom of darkness working in and through and around all of us that are trying to pull us. There's two sides in this world, God's side and everybody else's side. There's not a bunch of 1020. You're either for the Lord or you're not. And yeah, some people, you can call that the kingdom of darkness and that's pretty accurate, but you're either for the Lord or you're not for the Lord. There's, there's only two sides to God. It's theocracy. It's like, he's the ruler. We surrender to him. This, this isn't about political arenas. This isn't about anything other than him. His kingdom. Remember, it's his kingdom. We're in the kingdom age. God is bringing his kingdom to this earth through believers, right? And that's what we're about. So before we get into these two hot topics that this church will talk about, and we're not going to be afraid to talk about sensitive subjects, because we believe that we're supposed to talk about them and, and give life and encouragement in them. So the first one is this. So po politics, right? <gasps> Can we even talk about politics? Here? Oh, my gosh. Can we talk about upcoming candidates? Oh, my gosh. You know, and, of course, with social media now, there's so much stuff on there that that would take a whole. We, and we, as a church at the Rivers, we're going to be on the same page. Okay, and so that's why we're doing this. So we're all on the same page. We think correctly. But so when I say politics, you, you obviously have things coming to your mind already. And then you have two little blanks there. I'm just curious what your mind's thinking are in the blanks. Right, right? Yeah, totally. What else? Any other ones? Left or right, Left or right, right? Exactly. And so those are the fill-ins. And so I want you to write those in there. And then to the right of it, I want you to write this. God don't care. God doesn't care if you're left or right or Democratic or Republican. He doesn't care. You know what he cares about? Your obedience to him. That's what he cares about. So when we talk about politics, we're going to talk about, pol we're going to, in the next uh, fill in the blanks, says this, uh, Ephesians uh, 4.15, it says to speak the truth in love. So that's a hardcore truth because Sometimes we think love means that we tolerate everything. But love is a serious thing with God. Love is a powerful thing with God. And God has commanded us to speak the truth, his truth, not your side or left, right, middle, ground, whatever. He's told us to speak his truth. And he's told us to speak that truth, which truth is, can be very, very strong and powerful and divisive, uh, uh, doesn't it say, uh, what does the uh, spirit of truth, the word of God do? It divides, goes down, and it separates, and it gives clarity. But God's told us to speak the truth with a heart of love surrounding it. So look at this. So we have uh, Ephesians 4.15. It says, rather, speaking the truth in love. Well, let's look at verse 14. It says this. So, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head Christ. 
So we're, we're conforming towards Jesus and what he thinks and what he does. So to put aside the foolish, childish things, we speak the truth in love, which is to corral us into becoming into Christ. Are you with me? So it's bringing us to a headship of Jesus, to a wholeness of thinking the way God thinks, not the way a Republican or a Democrat or all the other ones or whoever thinks, not about the way they think, because that's really irrelevant to the fact of the, the word of God is our truth. And so we align to that. We don't take God's word and make it fit our theology or our perspective or our, our ideologies. We change our thinking to be in line with God. Are you with me there? So this, this church is going to now and forever be, as long as I'm here, we're going to be conforming to Christ, speaking the truth in love, and getting involved in politics. Separation of church and state is not about us not talking about anything. It was designed to give us the freedom to not be controlled by the government. Okay? So we are to be, and I think there should be people here running for for the offices in, the, in this uh, county. We should have people in this church involved in politics. I know, uh, I, uh, just, I think Gary told me that at GT, there's someone that just got a seat in the city council in Marysville that's a Christian. We need Christians in politics, guys. We need to stand up and take a stand speaking truth in love in that context, you got to keep in that context because we're not fighting against people. We're, we're fighting against the thinking of the dark kingdom behind those things. Are you with me? We need to be involved. We need to be involved. If we don't stand up, guys, who will? If we don't stand up and start making a difference in a spirit of love, no one's gonna. And our country is already to a point where the church has been, like Gary prayed this morning, asleep and not doing our job. We haven't been. We've been lulled into thinking that we should just be quiet and be thankful and just be so loving that we don't, have, we don't ever have an argument because that, then we're not loving Christians. It's okay to have a healthy argument, a debate, a talking to, long as your heart's right, long as you're not getting stuck on the person it's the, what's, it's the thinking behind that. It's alignment to God and his word. That's our key understanding for political stuff. So if that really bothers you, I hope it shouldn't bother you because we should be all aligned with God's word. But if that's something that you think, oh, we should have nothing to do with politics, this is definitely not your church. Definitely. And I say that for anyone who listens on the uh, recording. You know, same to you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when people listen to the recording, oh, that's just for the people in the church. It wasn't for me. All right. So then, so then another hot topic we want to talk about, too, is homosexuality in the church. Um, you know, and that is a real deal today. In fact, um, I, I, I was trying to message my buddy, Joe, who is a homosexual um, in San Francisco, living with uh, his, uh, his man, Mike. Is it Mike? Yeah, Mike. Love him. Awesome people. Um, they actually showed up at our wedding, and uh, we went on a, our honeymoon cruise, and we actually parked our car at his house, and, and Joe dropped us off because he lived right across the thing, and awesome guy, love him, love him to this day, and uh, actually, I, I texted him yesterday, and I was, I was going to ask him, because we've talked about stuff, he knows I'm a Christian, um, but I was, and it's been a while since we've really are, been close, because he used to work for me, actually, in Verizon Wireless, I actually hired him, he, he worked for me. And uh, I was going to ask him yesterday and go, hey, um, how did I do back then? Was I a jerk? I just wanted to really find out. I know I really wasn't, but you never know, you know, how people perceive you and didn't get a call from him, but I, I'll tell you what he says. Um, but I, I, I say that to say that it's not Joe that I I'm, I'm, don't agree with. It's the lifestyle and thinking about Joe's life. It's his behavior. And it's not just because his behavior is right or wrong. It's because what he's doing right now is going to hurt him. And if I truly love Joe, which I developed a really uh, good relationship with Joe, and I can say I love him, I, I care about his eternal destiny. And I love him enough to talk about and say, Joe, what do you think about this? You know, this is what God's word says. And, you know, I've had that conversation with him. We've had some deep things about his hurt in his early childhood and, 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 a, and a girl rejecting him 
right? So there's reasons, there's, there's things that happen in life, and, and when you start caring and loving the person enough, then you'll be willing to take the sacrifice and the maybe unsure step of confronting that issue and talking through it. But if you do that with a spirit of truth and love, you'll do it because you love the person, not because you want to be right. You'll do it because you care about their eternal destiny, not that you want to check the box that you know more, or your way is right and theirs is wrong. The Bible says this, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. That's Romans 12.9. But I want you to notice something in Romans 12.9. Because these words are pretty intense. Hate, I mean, this is abhor, actually loathe. I mean, this is an intense hatred. God's telling us to have that attitude towards evil, towards sin. Cling to what is good. Cling has the root word in it for glue. It means to attach, to be so connected that he's too good. But look what it's surrounded by in verse 9. Verse 9 says this, Romans 12. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. So on both sides of this concept of hating evil is love bookending it in. And so, yeah, you need to hate evil, but it cannot be interpreted and looked at like you hate people. There's a good and, a, and a obviously a bad way to handle these things, but it's got to be surrounded by love. Love before and love after. Love has got to be your heartbeat. For even if you get into any debate and in any platform, you must check your heart and do it out of love. You've got to love them. And the, the love of Christ has got to be in your heart to say, I don't want them to be eternally separated from God. Because you know that's what hell is. Hell is a, a place where it's absent from the presence of God. And people choose to go there because they choose to reject Christ. We've got to surround it with love. Well, how do we do this? You know, I wanted us to know in this, you know, uh, knowing what to expect, 2.0, to know what our church stands for. And I want you to know, I know there's people in this room that have, like me, have a homosexual friend or a homosexual person in their family or at work or wherever. It's in our life, and it's a, it's a bigger deal now. It's a lot. It's a lot of people that need Jesus. But look, guys, I look at homosexuality as, as, as the same as any other person that comes in that doesn't know Jesus and has a vice in their life and sin that keeps them from knowing God. There could be a person in here that cheats on their taxes so bad as a cheater going to hell, and he comes in here and he needs the love of Jesus just like any homosexual needs it. Why? Because I love that guy that's, that doesn't know that cheating and lying and stealing is going to keep him from the love of God if he doesn't repent and turn. We need to encourage people to repent, turn, change the way you think, help God help you see it a new way. And that's out of love. But love is not pansy it's not wimpy. Love is powerful and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's actively dividing. It knows that it can dive down and the word of God can see the, the difference between your thoughts. That's what love really is, guys, and we need to know the full aspect of that. But it kind of leads me to changing our community because, you know, a lot of us, and, and we all have our opinions on social media can get really weird and, and, and silly, but I've also seen, uh, very few of them, I've seen good conversations where people really debate. I've had a few good conversations that have gone well and helped people see a different side. And, and because it's the, the attitude of going at it from an aspect of love versus um, I hate you. No, 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 I don't hate you. I love you so much that I'm willing to risk our friendship to tell you the truth. And I'm going to do it in love. And I know it might not work out the best, but I'm going to do this because I love you. So as I was praying this, this weekend, uh, or actually last week, and I was just thinking about stuff, and I, uh, I made the big mistake of asking God, and just my, my own, see, I'm just minding my own business, and I'm just praying, I'm just trying to be like Jesus myself, just like you all are, right? And I said, you know, I, and I don't know why, I wasn't really thinking, I just said, because when I journal and I pray and I write and I go, I just ask the Lord a question. And then I listen, 
And then I write down what he tells me. And I said, Lord, what do you want to say to the rivers? And I wasn't really thinking about the church necessarily. I was just, and, it, and most of the time it's like, Lord, what do you got for me today? Or, or you know, what about this? I've asked, you know, God, what do you, what do you think about this scripture? It's weird that you said this. What, help me understand, you know, Holy Spirit, speak to my heart, right? The Holy Spirit's to lead us into all truth, right? Is that the scriptures? The Bible says the Holy Spirit's to lead us into all truth. That means he can talk to us and reason with us and help us understand things that we don't get. And he's going to use the word to do that. But he's also going to talk to you uh, uh, that necessarily everything he says to you won't be verbatim from the Bible. But it will absolutely line up and agree with the Bible. And every principle, everything I write in my journal, everything I put down, I always measure back to the word. Is that, is that a principle in God's word? And I'll, Oh, yeah, yeah. The Bible talks, one of the prophets talked about this. That, okay, you know, and if it's not, oh, that's, that, I must have missed it there. Because that doesn't line up with the word. That, no, you know, whatever. So you always do that. But nonetheless, the Holy Spirit is to teach us. And we, you and me, are to expect Holy Spirit to train us and to lead us into truth. And if we aren't able to talk to the Holy Spirit, how is he supposed to lead us into truth? Just by throwing things on the wall or turning a TV, your computer on and start typing to you? I mean, come on, right? Jesus said, You're, you and me are the sheep and the sheep will know my voice. Why would Jesus say that if it wasn't possible to talk with God on a regular basis and hear the Creator speak? Well, it takes faith. All right, so we're running out of time, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you from my journal. We're going to close with this. And I want to set this up because I want you to understand something. <clears throat> this may sound very intense to some of you. And it was intense to me. And I'm not saying this to get emotional or anything, but I was weeping so much during this, I could hardly write. I actually had to wipe tears so I could see if I was writing the right letter. And, I'm only, and I did not expect this. I wasn't asking for this. Well, God told me I was, but I didn't know I was asking for this. And, but at the very, as much as I was broken, and I've just, I, I was broken, but at the, I was completely feeling like, whoa, almost overwhelmed. But at the exact same time throughout the whole process, I felt completely safe and loved. And I knew that. Not because I knew it here, I just, I sensed, felt, knew it, and I just felt loved the whole time. So even though I was getting kind of slapped around, I was, <laughs> this sounds stupid, I was, I was excited, I was happy, I was enjoying it. Lord, don't stop. Keep slapping me. Not really slapping, but he was, sometimes, you know, sometimes truth hurts, guys. Sometimes truth feels like a slap. Sometimes a rebuke or an admonishment from the word of God, if you'll let it, will really wreck you. If you aren't getting wrecked on a semi-regular basis, you're missing it. You are not spending enough time with Jesus. You are not giving him the time he deserves if you're not getting wrecked. So without further ado, have grace on me, guys. This, I'm opening up very personal stuff to you that I, I didn't want to do, but he told me I had to, so I'm going to. So here it goes. I said, Lord, another great day. What do you want to say to the church? Father said, I am waiting for them. Knock, seek, ask, pursue me. I am not looking to fit into your life. I am looking to take over your life. You must decide if you are all in. You cannot just choose whether or not you want me in your life. I am to be surrendered to, not summoned. You don't pick and choose what area of, of your life I get to invade. It's all or nothing. People think they're in good standing with me or that they are close to me because they don't do something or that they do something. Your church is not hungry for me. I am not angry with your church. I am terribly jealous of their other lovers. And this is comma, even yours. 
Whatever it takes you away from time with me needs to be confronted and dealt with. You cannot possibly think your flock is hungry and thirsty for me. I barely see a hunger in you. You, my son, I love whom I love, for you are not even desperate for me, are you? If you are, please show me, for I long to be your lover. You said you wanted more of my presence. You didn't know it was going to feel like this. My response, weeping, not even knowing really what was going on. Father, it's totally worth it. Hands down, please continue, don't stop. Being disciplined by you is better than the best day not hearing your voice. And, I, and, I, and I'm telling you guys, I was completely loved in this whole process. Like there was nothing, I wasn't feeling, oh, God doesn't love No, I knew God totally loved me but was asking for more. For, for not him, for my sake. So I, there was a good feeling even though I may be reading it, you know, a certain way just because of my voice or whatever, but I want you to understand the context of it. Then he went on to say this. He said, don't fear that you won't hear from me. You've thought that before, and I've proven that fear a lie over and over. And I want to stop there because I feel like the father said when he was telling me that, that was for me personally, but I felt like he wanted to add that to someone out here who, who has that fear of when you really get close and you're spending lots of time with God, will he be even afraid of not hearing him? And I just want to encourage you that God, this promise that he's saying to me that I've proved that lie over and over, you will hear his voice. You will. It's there. He's speaking to you, and don't, uh, don't, don't be afraid that you won't or you're not good enough or you won't hear his voice or anything like that. That's just a side nugget. He said, repentance is always the first step in returning to me. You must realize and believe that you were deceived and that you are not as you thought you were. Remember, son, what I said to your men said that your ministry would flow out of your relationship with him. I really meant that. I know your heart, son, more than you can even grasp. And I know you desire my will to be done in your life, but it must be done my way. This is what we are having now, me and him talking, this whole conversation. This, what we have now, truly is the abundant life, or excuse me, truly where the abundant life is, and then in capital letters, me. The Father said, I am your abundance. I am your prize. I am your inheritance. I am your true love. He said, your intimate, daily, growing relationship is why I came to earth. I want you to know me. This is my joy, my delight. It's you hanging out with you, helping you stay on point, finding out who I made you to be. My pleasure is in developing sons and daughters that look more and more like Jesus. Tell my people that I want this for each and every one of them. You can tell them by their fruit. Just like you can tell when someone is head over heels for another, all of a the sudden, there is time for what they really want. That was a deep. Revival comes when all they want is me. And it shows because it's from their heart. What do you do with that? Well, here's what the Lord told me to do. And I asked him several times, are you sure you want me to share this? Because I don't really feel comfortable sharing this. <laughs> he said, yes, but I want you to make sure they understand how you felt. And that's why I described how I felt during that, because it was complete love. But I, I, I felt like God was calling not only me, but our church to a, a deeper, um, impactful relationship with him. So I'm giving you this week a 30-minute challenge. And I'm challenging everyone in this room to spend 30 minutes every day this week in an isolated time just listening to his voice. Not reading, not reading the Bible, not listening to worship songs, undistracted, 
30 minutes of just him, and, and I want you to write in these four words as we close. This is what I want you to focus on in this 30 minutes. I believe, like, when, I, when the prophecy came over, um, Allison, that if you will commit your life to this continuous being with Jesus, hearing his voice, beginning to conversate with God, that you will unlock the anointing in your life if you're willing to make the sacrifice. So 30-minute challenges. Number one is stillness. Stillness. Find a place to be still. Find a place to be quiet with no distractions. This is going to be the, uh, a big step because you're going to have to find a place where you're not thinking about all the other things in life going on. I recommend having a piece of paper on the side where if you think of a to-do thing, you quickly write it down your to-do list and set, now you're done, you won't forget it, and you go back to listening. You've got to make sure that as you're being still before the Lord, as you're being quiet before him, that you are not formulating thoughts or being conductive in your thinking and trying to formulate a word or something. You are practicing listening, not with these, but with the ears of your heart, you are listening to the Father's voice. So you have to have an, a, 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 an environment of stillness. Be still before the Lord. Be quiet and listen. And in that part, number two is vision. Vision. When you're in this time, practice in your spirit eyes picturing Jesus. Get your eyes fixed on Christ. Get your heart eyes fixed on him. Begin to picture him. Don't get distracted by rabbit trails on the left and the right. And they're going to come. And this is going to be a very difficult task for some of you because some of you have never really done this fully or with any consistency and length. It's going to be a difficult, and it is tough, but you can do it. Get your eyes on Jesus. Practice picturing him in his glory. Number three is spontaneity. I want you to think, when you're, when you're listening and you're, you have your pen and you have a journal, you can do any binder, any kind of paper thing you want to go buy, you can get one of our journals, any paper is going to be fine. I want you to, in the stillness and the quietness of your time, to listen to God. And those are going to come, most of the time it doesn't come audible, but you need to listen to those spontaneous thoughts that light up your mind. Not something that you're formulating or thinking or saying or planning. This is something you're hearing, not trying to come up with, not trying to produce. But as you listen, you're going to have spontaneous thoughts come up in your mind, and, and you need to recognize those and write them down. Write them down and allow God to spontaneously speak into your mind and listen to you. He's going to speak in here. You're going to hear it. It's going to sound like a thought. You're gonna, sometimes you're going to be questioning, was that me or was that God? And you just write it down. Be, let those spontaneous thoughts that come to your mind, write them down. Side note, we always, whatever God says to us in this type of journaling prayer time, we always bounce it off the word. And then we always take our journal, and I want you to find uh, one to three people in your life that know the word and, it, and that you feel comfortable and say, hey, this is what the Lord told me. What do you think? That's a hard thing to do. But it's a good thing to do because you will get insight and you'll have accountability through that. This will keep you on track and focus. Number four is just the journaling part. So four is journaling. Write it down. Write it down. This takes you to a whole nother level when you're talking with God. Because if you just pray and are listening in the car while listening to music and he says something to you that could be a, a word of the Lord to you, you might not even remember it by the end of the night. It's happened to me a bunch of times. Disappointed too, like, oh, God sent something to me great during this. What was it? I couldn't think of that. Ah. Write it down. Write it down. Church, I'm telling you that this 30 minutes of this, what I had with the Lord was amazing. I wish that every one of us can experience that on a regular basis. And God said we can. But you and me have got to be hungry for him. We've got to show that hunger, and I want, I want you to understand, and I'm going way over again. Darn it, I've got to get better at that. But God gave us the example of the being in love thing, and, I, and, and when your head's over heels for someone, and you meet someone, all of a sudden, you've got all the time in the world. If you, and I say this in love, guys. If you can't give God 
this time, you're too busy. You're missing it. He's got to be number one. It's not just something you add to your life, church. God has to be your life. And you've got to give, you've got to honor him by almost your, it's almost like a first fruits tithe offering of you to God. Give him the best that you have. Give him the time to change and mentor you and talk to you and form you and shape you and encourage you and to call you and to anoint you and and do, he's wonderful. But if we don't ever give him the time, uninterrupted time, we're missing out. I know I have been. I've journaled a lot. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit at age 16, I was hearing the voice of the Lord and journaling. And I've been off and on throughout my, my life. I've always been close to God. I've always been in the Word. Always done the Christian things you got to do. Go to church. Listen to worship music. Read the Word. But whenever I personally have alone time with him where I'm hearing him and I'm writing down and I'm listening to his voice and he's talking to me and I'm talking to him, it's so much different than any of my other Christian experience. And everything spiritually gets an uptick. I start having more prophetic words. I start speaking into people's lives more. It just, it happens because Jesus promised me and he promises you everything in your life spiritually must birth out of you knowing Jesus Christ. Knowing him, intimately knowing Jesus. Are you with me? So that's my challenge, and let's pray. Father God, I don't know what you're doing, but I know you're doing great things. So Father, I ask that, Lord, you would help us this week to really evaluate where we're at with you Are we surrendered to you? Are we 100% yours? Or have we given you what we've okayed to give you and kept the rest? Have we allowed you in every area of our heart, our past, our minds, our hearts? Or have we closed off sections that we don't want you invading right now So God, I'm asking by your Holy Spirit that you help us even right now in this room to have the sweet, loving conviction of the Holy Spirit to checkmate us and to say, you know what? You're not all in, but you can be. You can be. By your will, you can choose to open up your heart to me and I will lead you and show you things that will blow your mind away. God wants to lead you into things that you don't even understand, that I don't even get. He can tell you and show you, reveal to you, and unlock the full potential of the Holy Spirit in your life. So, Father, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would empower each one of us to set aside 30 minutes of quiet stillness, envisioning you, listening to your voice, and writing it down this week And Lord, I know you you told me that if we did this for a week, we would have testimonies of what's happening in the lives of your people, even in one week. And so God, as we enter this week of trumpets on your calendar, Lord, as a time of reflection and checking our hearts, God, we want to honor you. Speak to our hearts, God. We desire more and more of you. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.